is really one of the keys to my success is that I read something educational or instructional every single day of my life. It's the first thing that I do. It's one of my morning you know, routines. I drink my coffee while I'm reading something. And Charlene, I will go without food before I will go without my reading. Reading is more nurturing. Have you ever felt the stirring in your heart that you were called to do something greater than you are doing now? Or respond to a burning desire in your heart? Or maybe make a difference in a particular area or someone's life? Or is there a restlessness that stirs in your soul? Well, I'd like to welcome you to When the Moment Chooses You podcast. I am your host, Charlene Johnson, also known as Coach Charlene. This podcast will engage in compassionate, courageous conversations because I believe in your personal development, creating and inspiring destiny moments because every heartbeat truly matters. You will hear stories of change agents and trailblazers that dare to dream and not accept the status quo. Through hearing these stories, I truly believe that it will reignite the flame of passion and move you from just talking and thinking about it to actually being about it. We are all on our journeys of self-discovery. So be empowered as we inspire you to tap into the highest expression of yourself. Let's join the podcast. Hello and welcome to When the Moment Chooses You. I am extremely honored today to have a wonderful guest on my show, and her name is Renee Thompson. And Renee, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charlie, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so I'm going to read your bio because I just uh, thought your bio was so powerful, and uh, and we've experienced some of your work as well. So I just want to uh, talk about your greatness a little bit, if you don't mind. Thank you. <laughs> so Dr. Renee Thompson is the CEO and founder of the Healthy Workforce Institute and works with healthcare organizations to cultivate a professional workforce by addressing bullying and incivility. Renee has authored several books, including Do Not Harm, Applies to Nurses Too, and Enough, Eradicate Bullying and Incivility in Healthcare, Strategies for Frontline Leaders. She is one of only 26 nurses in the world who have achieved the prestigious certification of speaking professional designation, and in 2018 was recognized as one of LinkedIn's top 10 voices in healthcare for her contribution to the global online healthcare community. And in 2022, she was recognized as one of the top five nurse influencers on LinkedIn. Renee and her team are on a mission to create a world where bullying Mm -hmm. and incivility are immediately rejected and kindness, respect, and professionalism becomes the norm. Oh my God. Welcome, Renee. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. So I'll just give you a little bit of background of why I decided to do this podcast, because I, I really believe that there's moments in our life that call us into them. And so I'd love to unpack those types of stories uh, on this show. And this month in particular for September, I was really thinking about nursing that was on my heart. I mean, a lot of my caregivers and healthcare professionals are burnt out. They're exhausted. They're drained. They're trying to find their way. So I love to inspire people. So my hope is that we'll be able to inspire other people or nurses to either sustain themselves or to find something different or whatever it right. is, um, looks like. So, 
So tell me, Renee, how did it all start for you? Because you're a nurse, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell me how your journey started and how did it um, envelop into this brilliant uh, incivility master? Yes. Oh, I like that. Incivility master. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, yes, I've been a nurse for about 31 years now. And Charlene, I've done everything you can do as a nurse. I mean, bedside, I was cardiac step down, neurosurgical step down. Um, I worked for a home care company. So I went into people's homes. I worked for a managed care company. Yes, managed care. I was a quality manager. I was a frontline leader. I was an educator. I was an executive. And it was about 11 years ago, I realized that it didn't matter what organization I worked for or what role I had. I swear there was always a group of others, especially nurses, who made it their mission to make my life difficult. And I just thought, you know, wouldn't you agree working in healthcare is hard enough without worrying about the people you're working with making it harder? And Charlene, you know this, we've been talking about bullying and incivility for, I swear, a century now, but yet what are we doing about it? It's getting worse and worse. And I decided enough was enough. And it was in a moment. I said, that's it. I'm doing something about this. You know, this whole nurses eat their young. It doesn't have to be that way. And I decided I was going to do something about it. So I quit a really great job that I loved to start my own company. And 11 years later, yep, we are actually the Healthy Workforce Institute. We are the only company in the world dedicated to eradicating bullying and incivility in healthcare alone. We don't go outside of healthcare. We don't have to. We're plenty busy right here. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes, we are. Wow, that's really powerful. So that wasn't really a passion before a moment happened and then you responded to it. You disrupted what you were doing because you said you had a great job. Loved, loved the work that I did. I was responsible for professional development across the system. So I worked with a lot of new nurses, student nurses, preceptors. Um, I built a new nurse residency program back in the day before we had these, you know, robust ones. Um, we looked at certification and advanced degrees, and I loved all of that. But that nasty behavior, the zinging, the throwing people under the bus, being hard on new people. It kept coming up and coming up. And then after a while, I started to see the patterns. And that's when I thought, enough, I'm going to do something. Mm -hmm. That is wonderful. So over the last two and a half years, and actually, you know, this has been going on before the two and a half years with burnout and all of the different things that we're experiencing now. But in particular, Renee, because I know the data has increased with bullying and civility over the last two years, right? Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that. What have you seen happen? You know, bullying and incivility and just disrupt, if you just want to collectively call them disruptive behaviors, they've been there. They've been there for a long time. But this is what I know. And when I say this, you're going to say, oh my gosh, yes, this is true. When people are burned out, and stressed out, they lash out. And who did they lash out to? Hopefully not the patients. No, they they normally lash out to the people standing next to them. And bullying and incivility have always been there. But when COVID happened, you know, we actually did see some teams really pull together and then other teams fell apart. 
And all it did was because of the added stress, it took those departments, those teams of healthcare you know, professionals who were getting by with maybe a little bit of bad behavior here and there, it took them and it exploded them. So now we're seeing more and more disruptive behaviors and so many leaders, because I work mostly right now with the, um, the leaders and they said, even my good nurses are misbehaving now. And so mm-hmm. it heightened an all and exaggerated an existing problem that we were able to keep and, and manage. Now yes. it, it, it's out there, it's out of the box and we're seeing it every single day. Wow, so that means that you are pretty busy. <laughs> Yes, we are. And we're growing, you know, so we've, we've done a lot of things because this company was really just me at first. And then I was over capacity. So we started adding, we have three other consultants who help do this work. We have an online academy, as you know, and we're growing even more to accommodate the people who need our help because our, our methods work. We've been able to transform cultures and address disruptive behaviors in a way that helps bring the team together. And, you know, yes, I am a bullying and incivility expert, but what we're really about is what you said in my in my bio. We want to cultivate a culture where bullying and incivility are immediately rejected. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't do that here. Kindness, respect, professionalism are now the norm. And that's what we're really about. Yeah, and that's definitely what we've experienced because you've been really a great asset, a great add to our team in particular. So um, tell me a little bit more, um, Renee, about um, how you got the concept to start the business. Like, was that just, I mean, did you know how to start a business? No, I had no idea. (laughs) And it was funny because at the time I had my master's in nursing education And I I really consider myself an educator and I would love getting in front of groups of nurses or, you know, support staff and teaching, you know, different clinical concepts. I taught certification review courses for a while and I love helping to take something that's very complex and simplify it. And I found myself in front of more and more audiences and I would get this feedback like, you're the best speaker I ever heard. Are you a professional speaker? And I'm like, no, I just get on stage and I talk. And I started speaking nationally and again, getting a lot of positive feedback. And so when I decided that I wanted to do something about bullying, well, I decided, well, I'll be a speaker. And I, I remember saying this to myself, well, other people do it. They can make a living off of it. Why not me? And I've always been a risk taker, Charlene. That is the one thing. I've always been a risk taker. So I took a risk and I just started looking for opportunities to speak. And I remember my first year, my goal was to have one paid speaking engagement. Didn't matter how much. It could have been $10. I didn't care. Just one. (laughs) And that happened. And, you know, it, it grew from there. And the one thing that I love about human beings is that there was always someone who was willing to give me advice. There was always another nurse business owner. Like I belong to the National Nurses and Business Association. And there are some amazing, and I'm on their advisory board. Um, there are always other really great nurses who want to help 
mentor and support and nurture other nurses who want to do whatever is they're doing. So I remember I started working in neuro and there was one of the you know, neurosurgery and I had never worked neuro before, but yet there was a nurse that I gravitated to in that department who took me under her wing. When I was a cardiac nurse, someone who took me under their wing, we are out there. You got to find someone who's going to take you under their wing and help you. And that's how I grew this business too, by having other people support me. And now it's really nice because I'm on the reverse. I'm taking other people under my wing and helping them succeed in whatever it is that they want to do. That's beautiful. So was it easy, Renee? How has it been for you? Any barriers, internal, external barriers? Has it been easy for Miss Renee? Uh, it, it's so funny you ask that question. The, the short answer is no. It's been <laughs> one of the hardest things I've I've ever done because I know how to be a nurse. I'm a good nurse. To run a business, that's altogether different. And Charlene, I'm still learning. You know, I listen. I am a voracious learner. And it's funny. People will ask me all the time, how do you know all of this about addressing bullying and civility and the the system that I developed to address it. And, you know, we have a whole year long program. And um, they said, did you go to a, was there a certification? Did you go to a program to learn this? And I said, no, I, I've studied human behavior my whole life. I read every single day. And I've applied that same sort of um, strategy to running a business. I do not get ready in the morning, you know, put some makeup on and do my hair without listening to a podcast. And I listen to podcasts and I'm, that's why I love being a guest on people's podcasts because I have greatly benefited from other people who share their strategies and insights through podcasts. I watch videos, I read books on business. So I am constantly learning, but it is a challenge. It, it's, you know, every now and then I think to myself, I mean, think about this, Charlene. My whole life is dealing with bad behavior. <laughs> yeah. Every day I'm talking to someone else about someone else's bad behavior. And there are days I, I remember last year I said to my husband, can we retire? If I wanted to quit right now, can we retire? And he's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I just need to know that because this is such a heavy burden. But then, you know, you say a little prayer. And then I realized and reminded myself, if this work was easy, other people would be doing it. Right. This is my mission. This is what I'm meant to do. And this is my purpose. And so you just, you know, you have a rough day and you brush yourself off and say, okay, what can I do tomorrow? And, you know, you just one step at a time. And know that you're going to make wonderful. mistakes. I make mistakes all the time. I'm like, oops, we just sent something to a new client with the wrong client name on it. And I didn't do yes. it. It was somebody on my team who did it. But I'm like, eeks. And I could beat myself up about it. But you know what? It happens. So, whoops, we apologize. Here's the correction. It happens. You know, just give yourself some grace when it does. Yes, that's great. So how do you, because as you've made a really good point, because people that are caught to deal with bad behavior and things like that, or a lot of counseling, especially right now, right. I mean, what do you do to refill, refuel yourself? 
Yes. Well, I have two beautiful grandbabies. <laughs> Thanks. And we'll be, um, so we made a commitment to my daughter because we live in Tampa, Florida. Our daughter lives in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And we commit to seeing our grandbabies. So we travel there uh, about once every six weeks. And we'll be heading there this weekend for Labor Day. Um, it's our grandson. He's, he's going to be one year old. So that's my happy place. Also, because yes. um, we moved to Tampa, it'll be four years um, in January. Every Sunday that I'm home, we go to the beach. Every Sunday. Mm. And Charlene, that's the only place where I don't think about work. It is my total reset. I just listen to the ocean and I walk the beach and I feel the sand on my feet and, you know, the water rushing against my feet. And that, that is my happy place that ha helps me to just reset. And we all have that. Sometimes we yes. don't pay attention to it, but it's there. You know, where's the space? Where, what do you do that you don't think about anything else? And, and to do that deliberately, to engage in that deliberately. So I know when I'm in town, Sundays, beach, period. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So what would you say, Renee, then with, um, you know, what's going on now with our our nurses, our healthcare workers? I mean, we've been through a lot over the last two and a half years in particular. Mm -hmm. um, what type of advice would you give a nurse that really is at their at the breaking point? They're burnt out and they're not quite sure what to do. Yes, um, there's not any one oh, just do these three things and everything will be better. But but there are some things that are important. I always say, first of all, remember why you became a nurse in the first place. Was mm -hmm. it to make money? Was it to have a flexible schedule? Was it to do the least amount of work possible for the most amount of money? None of us, well, I would say the majority of us, we don't choose nursing for, for the perks. Although I like to have some perks and we should have some perks, but that's not the reason. So why did you choose to become a nurse in the first place? And you've got to have something to remind you of that. I remember when I became a nurse, you know, I loved the human body. I was fascinated by it. So I love science. So there's that left brain in me that I love it. But I also wanted to have a career where I can make a difference in the lives of other people because that brings me joy when I know that I've helped someone and that keeps me going, even with this um, work that I'm doing now. And I used to carry a picture of my girls with me. And when things would get tough, I would pull that picture out and just remind yes. myself that they were worth it. So you, you've got to know your why and you have to have a reason, like a reminder of your why. And I think that helps. However, there was a report that came out. McKinsey report a couple of weeks ago that basically said we've got burnout wrong and the strategies we're using right now for burnout, we're getting it all wrong. The number one cause of burnout and intention to leave is dealing with toxic workplace behaviors. So while self-care is important, you know that, you know, if you come into work every day and you have to deal with a bully every day you come into work, that's going to be an extreme stressor on you, which adds to burnout, which adds to you feeling like you can't do this anymore. And it may make you question whether or not you have what it takes to continue being a nurse. 
So we have to address that. And really, Charlene, what I would say is there are good people out there. There are good departments. There are good leaders. There are good nurses. They're not all bullies. Okay. There are actually more of us goodies out there than baddies. Yes. Find them. Surround yourself with them. We tend to focus so much on the negative and just we deal with that negative person. We sit in the break room and listen to them spew their venom the whole time. Get up and walk away. Deliberately seek the comfort and the support from the people who are positive, that have hope and who want to go out of their way to support you. They're there. Just you have to find them. They're there. I like how you said that because I know, I mean, that's how I've guarded myself quite honestly over the long, long years is I almost feel like when I go to work, I put a shield on. Right. I put a shield on because I don't want the negativity getting into my force field, you know, my mm-hmm. positivity and and to make maintain my peace and my joy and all of that. I have to put that shield up because it's very easy to get sucked into drama. Oh, my God. I mean, it's. Yes, <laughs> you are so right. It's easy. And that's why you have to, like, you know, back away from yep. like a ninja warrior, like, whoa. Yes, your your armor on to protect yourself from it. Absolutely. So what would you say to organizations that are experiencing this big problem of bullying and incivility? Yes, here's the deal. You have to stop justifying someone's bad behavior just because of how good they are at their job how much revenue they're bringing into the organization. Um, You're afraid they're going to quit and you're already short staffed. So we allow them to continue behaving that way because people say, well, a bad nurse is better than no nurse. A bad physician is better than no physician. I veto that, okay? Because you're just setting the stage for disruptive behaviors to be tolerated. And then what's going to happen is you're going to lose your good people. So you have to stop justifying bad behavior because, fill in the blank, you have to equip your leaders with the skills and tools that they need to address disruptive behaviors. Nobody teaches them how to do this. And you know what? If a leader isn't trained on how to confront, you know, set behavioral expectations, hold their employees accountable, they handle conflict and all those bad behaviors typically the way they handle them at home or the way they handle them, right. what they saw growing up as kids. Ooh, that's not always a good strategy. And, and then you have to empower your people. You can't just be the leaders. You have to empower the entire, entire healthcare team and get them involved in culture change. And it can't just be, oh, bring somebody in and do a workshop and check a checkbox. It doesn't work. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. You know, I'm all, I'm very, I remember talking to you a while back Mm -hmm. and I got so inspired by your journey because I'm always fascinated with like, you're a nurse, you were a nurse from the core, but then there was this other thing calling you, pulling you to it. And I just, I mean, I'm extremely fascinated with that when people actually take the risk. Yep to do what's in their heart to do. So tell me a little bit about that comfort zone. Yes. Um, how, when I, it's easier for me to take a look back and see what I've done um, versus when I was in that moment. 
but I've always been curious. I've always had this, I don't know, sense of, ooh, I want to learn that. As I said, you know, I'm a voracious reader, voracious learner. And honestly, I get bored very easily. So if I was in a role and I mastered everything, and maybe I was like, maybe not necessarily bored because there's always something to learn. I would just get curious about other opportunities. And I, I remember saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to try it. If I don't like it, at least I'll learn something and I can always come back. And that's what I love about nursing. There's so many different things that you can do. Cause I remember yes. I wanted to, I heard about home care and uh, you know, that was a big deal. And working as a home care nurse, I remember I was one of like, I don't know, a hundred applicants. And I just, every single week I'd call, you know, Hey, just checking on that position. Hey, just checking on that position. And it was the administrator who ended up saying, every time you call, I put your file on top of the pile. And then the person who ended up hiring me said she kept seeing my name, kept seeing my name. And she says, all right, this person really wants this job. So I'll interview her. And I did really well there. Even when I took a, an executive role, I, I, I was scared to death. I thought, oh, I don't even know that I can do this. But you know what, Charlene, you have to look at your, pa your past sort of patterns of success. I had always found a way to be successful in any other role that I had. So what makes me think I wouldn't be successful in this role? As long as I, you know, don't act like I know everything, admit that I don't and learn. And so I remember when I had the opportunity to quit my job, I actually was um, contacted by a headhunter. They wanted me to take an interim leadership role. Uh, I was uh, an interim educator, went to Washington, D.C., supposed to be for four months. They kept me there for nine. And that was when I was, okay, starting my business. And I remember having those conversations, you know, with my husband about, what am I, nuts? Quitting a really good job to work for four months. And we both agreed that it was not going to be easy because I, I was in Washington, D.C. You know, I lived in Pittsburgh at the time. But that what an opportunity. And if it didn't work out, I could always go back. I always yes. made sure that I had built really great relationships. It's just who I am. I wasn't, you know, a manipulative. I always like had good relationships with the people I worked with. And uh, I thought I could go back and I thought, you know what, anything that's worth something really magical, amazing is worth taking a risk for. And I'm glad I did because yeah, 11 years later, here I am. No regrets. No regrets. Well, I mean, well, there were there's... some regrets along the way, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Well, <laughs> well, my last question, Renee, I always ask the guests, um, there are, it'll be Renee's top three <gasps> things that you would do if like, even if there's a calling on your life or whatever, whatever Renee's top three is, that's what I want to hear. I'm going to just leave it open so you can just flow. So my top three, and people will ask me sometimes like, okay, what's the key to your success? Uh, top three is, first of all, I am a woman of faith. And when I'm really struggling with something, I always, I, I will go to bed and I'll pray on it. 
and I tend to wake up with the right answer. Okay. Maybe not always, but it really helps me. So I'm a woman of faith and I let that drive me in a lot of the decisions that I make. Um, I am a, I, I mentioned this before, but it is really one of the keys to my success is that I read something educational or instructional every single day of my life. It's the first thing that I do. It's one of my morning, you know, routines. I drink my coffee while I'm reading something. And Charlene, I will go without food before I will go without my reading. Reading is more nurturing. And I go out of my way to build relationships with people. It's not just transactional. I really try to like my people on my team, we build relationships with them, my clients build relationships with them because everything that's when you think about human beings, we are social creatures and it's about building a connection with someone else that it truly is the key to not only, you know, personal success, but to really help somebody else be successful too. So I pray, you know, I let my faith drive the decisions that I make. I learn and grow every day and I build relationships with people. Oh, that's wonderful. Those are powerful top three. And then any additional information that you would like to tell the audience just to encourage them? Yes. You know, being a nurse is not easy. You know, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, I thought when I became an educator, that'd be so much easier than being a bedside nurse. When I started working home care, that would be so much easier than working in the hospital. You know, when I became an executive and I had a nice office, oh, I could just sit around or, you know, educator and, you know, build PowerPoints all day long. That's not what they do. Okay. Being a nurse isn't easy, no matter what role you have. There's always stressors. However, it's so worth what we have to endure because there's nothing better than making that positive difference in the life of another human being at the time when they're suffering the most. And just to be there knowing that you may forget who some of these patients are, but if you make a connection with that patient and you help them, they will never forget who you are. They will never forget you. And, you know, that's how you leave a legacy. Um, And I'll give you a, a bonus one, especially those of you who are listening, who are experienced nurses. Talking about leaving a a legacy, I want you to help this next generation of nurses become better than you ever were. That's how we leave a legacy. Take them under your wing. Teach them how to be an amazing nurse. We all know it's not just the knowledge. It's the experience and the intuition and all of those things. So, yeah, we, we need to support this next generation of nurses. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. That's wonderful wisdom. And then Renee, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to um, hire you for their organization or their team? I definitely can vouch for Renee. We have done some work with Renee and uh, have seen some significant, um, definitely change in behavior. Yes. Thank you, Charlene. Thank you for asking. Well, you can just hop on over to my website. It's healthyworkforceinstitute.com. And as you mentioned in my bio, well, it's my bio, so I know it's there. I am uh, very um, involved in LinkedIn and a lot of people find me on LinkedIn too. But yeah, just go to my website. Again, it's healthyworkforceinstitute.com where we have a ton of free resources for people and all of my social media platforms are on there, my YouTube video series. And so yeah, just hop on over. 
she has like awesome, awesome videos. Like if you want to use them in a staff meeting yes. or something like that to get the conversation started, it's really profound and powerful. And we've seen really, I mean, just great transformation just with your videos, Renee. So thank, thank you. you so much for all your contribution to our world of healthcare. I know that I've been impacted by you. You have inspired me to do a lot of different mm-hmm. things. And um, I really appreciate you for all of the work that you do. Thank you, Charlene. It, it is truly an honor working with amazing nurses like you who are truly committed to you know, making healthcare a better place. So thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining the podcast. When the Moment Chooses You is a bi-weekly podcast where I not only discuss my own passion and quest for responding to those destiny moments, but I will also be sharing inspiring stories, tips, and tools as we navigate this journey of life together. As you can see, I will also be interviewing amazing guests and risk takers with stories that seize the moment and transform their lives and those around them. My hope is to share my passion and to build a community around creating destiny moments because every heartbeat matters. Find me on social media and I'd love for you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, like and share as much as you want to. Thank you so much. And what will you do when the moment chooses you?